listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings, and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, this is episode two, our discussion of The Martian. Uh, before we get started, uh, one of our members uh, was not able to make it uh, uh, to our first episode, so we're going to do a quick introduction with her. Uh, Jennifer, would you like to do a little uh, intro on yourself? Sure. Um, I work at the local chamber where I live as the director of communications, and um, I guess I've started reading. I've been reading my whole life. Um, I've always loved sci-fi and fantasy the most, and... Most recently, I've been getting into historical thrillers, and I've tried getting myself into some nonfiction and self-help and all that, but um, I have a hard time going with all that. So, anyways, um, yeah, I just, I've always, you know, loved getting lost in stories and um, kind of escaping from my real life in that way. Well, very cool. Um so, uh, how's everyone been? It's been a month since we've, since we've, uh, re, you know, we're reconvening here. Um, uh, we went through, uh, Thanksgiving here in the States. So, uh, uh, anyone have anything in particular that was of interest that happened to them or? Uh, Trump's our president. <laughs> oh yeah, that happened to you guys. Uh, I guess technically that did happen. <laughs> yes, yes, that, that did happen. That was a thing, huh? <laughs> so and, and we watched from afar. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I, I I guess with that let's uh, let's head to Mars. What? Uh, <laughs> uh, Never mind. A lot of books, uh, a lot of great books, um, are are noted for their their opening line. I believe this book has one of the best opening lines ever, and it <laughs> simply starts out. Well, I'm pretty much fucked. Um, <laughs> If you, if you, uh, like I said, hopefully you're joining us because you've also read the book. Um, this was, to me, this sets the entire story. Uh, yeah, uh, to me, this sets the entire story. Um, it, it gives you an idea of, you know, kind of what's happening, what his mood is. It also already explains a lot about his personality. The main character of the book is Mark Watney. Um, he's part of the Ares 3, I believe, uh, uh, mission that went to Mars. Um, and the first, Five chapters of the book are literally just his his uh, his notes, his his uh, running commentary. Um, so uh, pretty much, uh, in a nutshell, they're on uh, him and the rest of the mission are uh, the, the group are on Mars. They inc- uh, encounter a really bad sandstorm, and he is uh, speared with a communications antenna, and all of his life support shows that he has died. So they immediately have to abort and leave what they think is his corpse there. Uh, when he wakes up, he starts to explain that the only reason he made it is because the blood was able to clot. It you know, formed a seal in the suit, and it kept him alive. So he makes it back to their, uh, to their uh, uh, home base and proceeds to start to figure out how the hell he's going to survive on Mars by himself. Um, the first thing he starts thinking about is uh, how he's going to produce water, how he's going to conserve water, um, and then what he's going to eat. He explains in great detail about how much food was left, and since there's only one person left, you know, this will extend his food rations out to a certain date, but it's still nowhere near the amount of days that he needs uh, until the uh, the fourth mission is planned. Um, so he starts coming up with these plans on trying to grow potatoes. 
Um, and then he starts talking about how he makes water out of oxygen and fuel. Um, he almost dies. That was the first time he, well, I guess technically yeah. the second time he yeah, almost time, dies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, he, you know, he almost dies. He gets it figured out, figures out what he was doing or whatever. Um, and then uh, before we start talking about, before we get to chapter six, which is when we start getting uh, more characters and, and, you know, some of the, the other side of the story, um, is there anything in particular that kind of stuck out to y'all? Um, I kind of like that, um, the beginning of the book and the end of the book both um, kind of end up with someone leaving the surface after a dust storm. Well, that was kind of a nice, mm-hmm. nice little bow that they kind of tied in. That, but it's not like very, I guess, in your face, but I like how everyone left because of the dust storm, and then he, at the very end, was the last person to leave after a dust storm. I thought that was kind of a cool little, you know. I didn't even think about that. I, d- I didn't even put that together, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, that didn't cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it wasn't, like, kind of blaring in your face, but I thought it was just a nice little callback. Nice little to the subtle beginning. bookend. Yeah, yeah, just a nice little callback to, you know, everyone else was able to get off, but then he was at, well, finally able to get off, you know, on his own. I, I particularly like that uh, they started off so long with just his perspective and that you really got to know his character and you really, you were really pulling for him right off the hop, which is kind of cool. So he's, yeah, he's, you actually yeah. cared about him. Yeah. 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 So much extremely him. character. Yeah. Yeah, I was really struck by his personality. He had a great sense of humor and the way he explained everything, it didn't seem like, like it was a diary entry kind of, but it didn't seem like it was, he was trying to tell a story. He was just explaining his day. Yeah. yeah. It came off. Very nonchalant that he's stuck on Mars. <laughs> well, it seemed very, this sounds stupid, but it seemed very like realistic. Like he's recording like the day-to-day stuff that he's doing and different things that he's trying you know it didn't it didn't feel like and now i'm going to tell you about this because it's going to be important in another chapter and it just it yeah, felt very natural the way it that it was hurt. told and i i do i think just like the voice that the author uses in general like throughout the book is really really grabbing so because the i'll be honest like it was real slow when i first started it because i'm like okay technological banter technological banter technological banter like i get it i get it i get it well, those are the two. Those are two of the main things that I, I wanted to point out was the um, the humor. Number one, we'll get back to that in a second. But um, this is hard, hardcore sci-fi, and the reason why it is is because it is very grounded. Uh, he did the author Andy Weir did a ton of research, and it's from what I've read, like ninety ninety five percent of all of the numbers he throws out there are pretty damn accurate. Really? Um, yeah. He may have gotten, he may have exaggerated or, or missed the mark on a few things here and there, but for the most part, at least given the information uh, that he's assuming, um, his calculations are correct, uh, which is one of the reasons I really dug the book. I know when I talked to, uh, I know when I was talking to Chris, I know you said you were having a little difficulty with it because it was so factual, it was so dense. With, yeah. with numbers and stuff. Yeah, it was just a lot of, I don't like math. So it was a lot of math. <laughs> and and I do, I like the way uh, Andy Greer writes. Like, it's, it's they're not long, drawn-on paragraphs of just dribble. It's to the point. 
So I liked that. So it was easier to get through it, but it was just like, yeah, I get it. And this time's this and that time's that and you have to do this. And I just, <laughs> I just put it and I'm like, if this is the whole book, I'm going to go over and not absorb any of it. But I just like that. He started adding in there. Oh, just trust me. I did the math. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I thought that was interesting as the book went on. I almost wonder if, uh, which leads us back to the humor. I almost wonder if about halfway through the book, uh, you know, someone said, "Hey, you know, listen. I, I know you're doing the, the the mathematics, but it's it's getting kind of dry. Can you do something to to spice it up some?" And when he introduces the idea of, um, I'm trying to think what calculation it was. It was it was, um, I think the amount of energy he needed to be able to continue his his travel. And he's yeah. like, instead of yeah. instead of calling it that, I'm just going to call it pirate ninjas. Yeah, I need this many pirate ninjas to continue on. Yes, I like that. I want to get on board with it. The pirate ninja thing is cool. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but his humor in the book is awesome. I mean, yes. you know, at one point, you know, uh, not to jump too far ahead, when he's talking to NASA, they're like, you know, just be careful what you say. The entire world's watching it. And he's like, okay, boobs. <laughs> I like when he said that's what she said. That was my yeah. hero. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's my hero because he said that's NASA. Yeah. <laughs> he just did not give a shit. Exactly. But that being said, I mean, this is definitely the easiest to read. Like hard sci-fi novel, I think. Oh, absolutely. Probably yes. around yeah. for like probably ever. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, hard sci-fi gets pretty bogged down, and this kind of wrote that line. Yeah. I, I appreciated that, and it's it's a lot more accessible to just everybody. Yeah, I would agree. Oh yeah, I definitely agree with that. This is a good kind oh. of intro, I think, to for people who maybe aren't used to like. Reading hard sci-fi, this is a probably a really good intro to that different world I would agree of sci-fi books. That are- yeah, I don't know if I could have made it through this book without the humor. So. Yeah, it's a gateway book, basically. Yeah. That and the part where he starts talking about, uh, once again, not to jump too far ahead, when he starts talking about he wasn't given permission to go... You know, uh, commandeer some of the you know the other things that are on Mars. Oh, so and, he's technically you know, he, a pirate. He's yeah. technically a space pirate, and I'm just yeah. like, I, I only wish I could be that cool and collected in that type of a situation. <laughs> but I'm just like, that is fucking awesome. What's well, right. what I had a, like a really hard time getting my head around was like, I just kept having a horrible like anxiety about like, oh my god, like I would be freaking out. But he's just like, nah, eh, whatever. Like everything's totally fine. You know, yeah. I don't know. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure. After a while, it's it's like anyone who lives in any place that's like either extremely cold or extremely hot. You're just like, well, this is what I have to do to survive, and mm-hmm. that's just what I'm going yeah. to do. So, yeah. Um, well, they did say in there that he was picked. Part of the reason he got picked for the mission was because of his personality. Exactly. Yeah, yes. it's like independence is something they. Yeah, and he's got a good demeanor and a good disposition and a good outlook. He's an optimist, and that was a big part of why he got chosen is because he would keep up morale, even yeah. if things got hard. I think this would have been a very different book if it was the perception of any of the other crew. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It would have been dead. <laughs> yeah. oh it would have been a very short book. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm and fine. she cried <laughs> herself to death. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, okay, so, and, and in the book he talks about everyone on the mission, and I mean, this, this, from my understanding is this is true, everyone who um, is, is picked to go on a mission has not just one, but multiple specialties, and his happened to be the two that would save him most likely, uh, being, yep. you know, the mechanic and being the botanist. 
So, uh, which is not a completely unlikely pairing. So it's not like, oh, well, there's no way, there's no way this would person, you know, this person would ever have these specialties. It's just like, well, that's that's what I was chosen for. But yeah, um, and they just happen to save my life. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, had the psychologist been left there, it probably wouldn't have worked out so well. <laughs> How do I feel about being left alone? Yeah, exactly. Never <laughs> <laughs> been worried about oh. the crew flying back. How are they feeling right now? Yes, exactly. Although that is touched on as well in the book, and I like that too. True, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's touched on. Yeah, it's not in-depth. Yeah, the the Earth is way more worried about than he is, which is accurate, I guess, because he's preoccupied with, you know, not surviving. Yeah. When we hit Chapter 6, that's when the book starts to to change. that's when we start getting uh, other input um, because I'm like you. When I first started reading it, the first time that I read it, I thought, "Wow, is this going? Is this literally just going to be this one guy's diary entries all the way until the end of the book?" And then, like I said, you hit chapter six, and then we start getting the other side of the token, and that's where uh, NASA, you know, figures out uh, that he is alive, and immediately starts figuring out what the hell they're going to do if they're going to be able to, you know. Contacting, they immediately start running through lots of scenarios. They figure out there's no way they can contact him at this point, um, and they're like, "Well, what can we do? How can we speed up the next trip to to go get him? Because, you know, we, we've got to do something. We can't just let this guy, you know, die." Um, and then uh, they realize what he's he has figured out is that. Uh, uh, he can he can travel uh, using one of the rovers, and um, or, or using one of the the, the uh, little traveling pods. I don't remember what he called them exactly. It's the rovers, yeah. yeah it's oh, a yeah. rover, but um, I was thinking the rover because of the, the the previous rovers that were actually uh, landed on Mars. He goes and uh, pulls the radar out of it, makes a trip, pulls the radar out of it, brings it back, manages to get it wired up, and starts to communicate with NASA. And at this point, they start having very basic talks. Uh, we won't go into all the detail, but basically, it was using a series of cameras and and, Which and, was uh, and my letters. Favorite part, <laughs> them figuring out how to communicate, I think, was so fascinating. Really, yeah, I, I love, thought it was really good too. Yeah, I love that really basic, you know, simple way to communicate over millions of miles. Was I thought it just really cool contrast between you know using these high tech devices to communicate. You know, thousands of, you know, billions of miles, but it's this very rudimentary way to communicate. I thought that was really cool. I, I, uh, the other part that I liked was, uh, the, the scene where the, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, it's Vince in the movie, uh, Venkat. Venkat. So Venkat grabs a picture off the wall and starts drawing all and all, and the guy gets pissed off. <laughs> yeah, speaking oh, of yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's like we'll get you another one in the gift shop or yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It is, yeah. Just, just those little touches made. It. Well, it made it. That was another technical thing. book very human, which yes, saved yeah. it for me. Yeah, and he's and he screws up several times in the book. Um, uh, like the, the 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 point where he's like, "Oh, I'll just take a laptop outside," and then immediately realizes <laughs> once he gets it outside that the screen won't work because yeah. the liquid immediately oh, apparently evaporates. the L and LCD stands for yeah. liquid. Yeah, yeah. it's like you're very, but I mean, think about it. If you were, you know, ex- excited, you know, you haven't, you think you're going to die on another planet, and all of a sudden you realize, "Wow, I can communicate with Earth," you know, with human cool. beings again. You know, yeah. 
you're going to be like, all right, let's just do this and kind of forget about, you know, sir. It, that was one of the other things that was very humanizing about the book is he wasn't, he wasn't a Superman. Yeah. Um, he was an extremely smart dude, but he was not a Superman. He screwed up several times and he, you know, copped all of it. Yeah. Um, but he was like, he was, a, he was a believable character. He was, like I said, he wasn't, you know, a, a super genius. He was just extremely smart and extremely crafty. And of course, being in a situation where you're going to die, that probably brings that out a little more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. But anyway, so he starts talking to NASA. Uh, they start getting a crew together or a, a mission together to see if they can uh, send him food. Um, and, um, uh, they, at this, it's at this point that they decide to finally tell the, uh, crew that is on their way back, uh, that he's alive. And of course, uh, it's, it's pretty brief, but you know, they, they discuss, uh, you know, most of them are pretty happy and, and excited. And of course, immediately feel remorse and, uh, uh, the commander is just beside herself. Um, because she's like, well, I, I left him. And of course, you know, they're like, there's nothing yeah. you could have done. Yeah. yeah. Um, or, uh, offer, uh, uh, they try to send food, but it fails. Uh, goes into a very technical detail as to why it fails. Uh, I'm not a rocket scientist, but uh, that all sounds pretty legit, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I guess that uh, all checks out. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, China steps up, decides to help out. Uh, you know, in 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 return for you know some future favors uh, to go to Mars. You know, I like um, how they did that too, where they they were like, "Listen, we you know, because it, it is true, they're they're." Uh, rockets are very, very, you know, in-house, and you don't know what's going on with them sometimes. And yeah, you know, the misinformation that's out there. And what's pretty cool too is that they're like, well, Earth wouldn't, you know, the rest of the world wouldn't know that we didn't help, be, despite us being able to, if we uh, <laughs> we chose not to do it. it yeah, I like that. That was really realistic too. And then, I mean, even though they were they were excited to help, they they did want to help. They couldn't help, you know. The the uh, the minister couldn't help but still lament the fact that he's like, well, we've been working on this for million, you know, for you know, this is enough money that we'll never get this much money back again, and this pretty much just killed our current program. So yeah, yeah. But that's what I like but, that they they did discuss it, and they're like, you know what, we're going to help anyway. Because uh, yeah, because so. you know it would. It's really good publicity and everything for me. It's just a win-win if they help. Yeah. So. Yeah. So they come up with a plan. They're going to they're going to try to shoot shoot some food to him, and it's at this point that he has his his uh, first, I guess, really major setback, uh, and that's when the airlock blows. Yeah. Um. He gets uh, fumbled out, you know, around on the planet and, you know, is trying to figure out what the hell's going on. And once he finally gets back in, that all of his, all of his hard work, all of his, uh, uh, potatoes are now dead. Uh, along with oh, the bacteria. death of the potatoes. That was a bummer. Yeah. The, the thing I liked about it though, it's, it's such a human error to make. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He like, favored one. You wouldn't airlock. Think, oh, like, yeah. It, this is the airlock that's closest to where I'm going. I wouldn't go to his other ones. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's you know path of least least, uh, least resistance, right? Like you just exactly that's the easiest way. I'm going to go that way, and that's what caused it to to go. And, and it's just something you wouldn't think of. No, it's not at all. Such a yeah, it's just such a random. Well, not random, but it's just such a small little detail that you wouldn't think of as you're you know trying but to grow food out of your own 
Ooh. Yeah. But I like how he <laughs> interjected how the canvas was made yeah. and the small little flaw that would like how it how that little description eventually led up to the hat that have actually that airlock um exploding basically. Yeah. I yeah. like how yeah. you put that little Yeah, because you're like, why the hell is okay, who gives a shit that this stuff was made and that's that's great. Why is this it? right? And then yeah. you get it again, it's like, okay, there's something to this. And then like, oh I like that. Yeah. yeah, he does that several times in the book. Actually, mm-hmm. he also the other part that are, uh, uh, was very memorable to me was when the the rocket was the first rocket with the food was going up, and he talks about how um, you know all these checks were normally done, and like these bolts, like there was just one yeah. minor imperfection, and it wouldn't have been so bad, but it sheared off, and then it put all of the pressure on the other bolts, and then you know it just snowballs very quickly, and then the whole you know the rocket explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that reminded me of like you know real life oh. stuff that has happened to you know. Our shuttles. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. One little... Um, Tiny little infant. Yeah, one little heat uh, shield was cracked or, you know, it was a little too cold and it broke off just because, you know, there was a maybe a rush job or it wasn't checked there. I mean, it happens. So that's, that's real stuff. You know? Yeah. That yeah. Brings it to reality again. Yeah. So the airlock blows, kills all the plants. Um... And it's at this point that uh, um, they start coming up with a there, – there's a – in the book, um, there's definitely two different sides. Uh, there's kind of the more level-headed and the more, you know, I, uh, I, I don't remember the guy's name, uh, but kind of the cowboy of the group. And he's like um, – they start coming up with a plan about how – another way that they could save him. And uh, it's brought to him by uh, – uh, a number cruncher, and he figures out that there's a way that they can, uh, instead of shooting the food to Mars, they basically shoot it up as a resupply, uh, have the uh, Ares 3 group make a slingshot around the Earth, and then head back to go pick him up. Which, I love and, that character. That, oh, yeah. That character that comes yeah. up with the idea is hilarious. Parnell. Yeah, Parnell. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Parnell. Yeah. Rich Parnell. It's That's what man. I want. Yeah. So in the movie, he's hilarious. Yeah, because that, that was the line. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, okay, so anyway, so uh, they come up with the idea. Of course, NASA shoots it down, and it's secretly sent up to the Ares 3 mission. Uh, they decide uh, unanimously that they're going to go for it. Um, and at one point, right as they are about to enact it, that's why I remember Rich Purnell, because they, you know, that was the message that they sent NASA was that Rich Purnell's a, a steely-eyed uh, a gunslinger or something yeah. like that. And, um, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, what the hell is going on? They change course, and you know, they go through all the information on that. Um, so they shoot the uh, they shoot the rocket up, and uh, they catch the information. Uh, there, there's there's a, a brief point there where they're communicating with uh, with their families. The, the Aries Three group are, are communicating with their families, and this is about the only real backstory we get. But I, I thought it was really just like enough. that. Yes, I thought it was just enough that it it, it really explained their characters. Yeah, yeah I thought that, that, that added a lot. Sorry. Um. So yeah, because up to that point, it's just they're just people on a ship. Yeah. Because yeah. well, about the only bat, the only real like personality we really kind of get is for the commander, and it's because of her love of disco that he just uh, hates. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah. It's literally my worst nightmare. Yeah, right. yeah no on Mars with nothing but disco and three's company to watch. 
Yeah, let me tell you, I could watch the '70s TV show a little better than I could the music. I'm, I'm just gonna be honest. Yeah. Uh, I love the girl that uh, tells her parents that they're gonna like yes. let her live. <laughs> yes, that. Oh yeah, that was awful. Yep. Yeah, there's, oh, there's, there's don't worry, sleepy. they've got a plan for me because I'm the only survivor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I'm not gonna. Oh, that was awful. Which. But, I mean, that's that's the type of shit that, you know, think about it. You know, I mean, astronauts are freaking space cowboys. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. and this is the type of shit they would have come up with. They're like, all right, well, we're going to do this. And if things go to hell, then you're going to eat us and you're going to survive. And that's just the way it's going to be. So, yeah. It was just interesting because I feel like, I mean, I'm not a rocket scientist, clearly. But I feel like I know a bit about space travel, just being a dork. And, like, if they they pointed out a lot of, like, contingency stuff that I just never even thought about mm-hmm. yeah. as far as like what happens when these missions go wrong. Like I, I just totally a whole, whole new ball game as right. far as all that's concerned. So it was, it was interesting. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's like, there's a billion things that can go wrong and it's, there's one way for it to go right. Yep. Yeah. Um, so at this scary. point, it's at this point they decide they're going to go through with the plan, even though and and NASA's kind of powerless to 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 you know change their mind or anything. What are you going to do, NASA? Yeah, so uh, yeah. they send him the information. They tell him what's going on. Of course, he's blown away. He's like, "Oh my God, they're coming back! They're coming back for me!" Um, and he has a little communication with them, I think. Um, and then he has his next major setback. Uh, and once again, it's a minor thing, uh, minor, uh, uh, human error situation. He's in the process of, of modifying the rover according to what, uh, NASA's told him and, you know, is drilling out a bunch of holes and he puts down his drill and it, it nice. catches the mylar balloon and it shorts out the communication system. And he's once again without any communication to Earth. Um, yeah, and there's no real. And he goes where he was. Yeah, and he goes back to Morse code with rocks. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Again. Yeah. <laughs> um. So he decides he's going to keep. He's going to keep going. And um. You know, he's going to just basically continue on with the plan. That's what the plan was. That's what we're going to go with. So he starts modifying this rover, doing it the best that he possibly can. Uh, once again, that engineering degree really kicking in there. Um, Those are useful sometimes. Yeah, I know, right? Um, and then the, the, the next cliffhanger, I mean, this book is pretty much just one cliffhanger after another. Um, but he runs into this giant dust storm and he figures out, he does manage to figure out even, and it keeps cutting back and forth to, to, uh, NASA and especially like their, um, their interviews and stuff with the, with the news. And they're talking about, you know, how is he going to figure out, uh, uh, about this dust storm? And they're like, we have no idea, but you know, once he goes in so far, He's doomed. He can't. He can't make it out. Um, but you know, like I said, he's a pretty smart guy. He figures it out. Um, but I like that. And that's the way a contingency plan for that is like, well, we just kind of have to hope that he's smart enough and he notices. So, <laughs> yeah, right. oh, yeah. well, yeah, that's the suck. Yeah. The way yeah. that he figures out like which way it's moving was fascinating to me because oh, yeah. yeah. I figured he's screwed. Like that's it. He's done. To figure out where it's going and how to outrun it. It's like. Yeah, super yeah. Art, man. Like I said, the guy who did uh, 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 the the author did a lot of research and is obviously a, a 
pretty bright guy that wrote this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I know NASA was loved the book. I mean, even though there are technical you know inaccuracies, they did point yeah. out whatever for them. They're like this was this was great. Um. So yeah, um, he re- gets around the dust storm, uh, reestablishes communication with NASA. Uh, then he starts modifying the ship, and uh, that's one of the things that really got me was when they they start talking about how much weight they have to get off of the ship, and they start explaining it. And when they get to the point, they're like, "We're going to take the nose cone off," and we're basically he's like, "So basically, you're setting me up in a convertible." They're like, "No, we're actually going to put a piece of like tarp on top of it." He's yeah. like, "Oh, so it's a rag top? That's much better." Like, yeah. <laughs> Got to put a tarp on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, but just before he even gets there, he he rolls the friggin' rover over too. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, just one thing after the other with this guy. Well, yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, it's modify, aka they just like rips everything apart. Yes, modify exactly. Yeah. Uh, rip all this shit off. <laughs> I, I was very delicate with uh, using my tools, hammer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Again, very very intelligent writing. Yes, yes very intelligent. Um and then uh oh, so uh they start to enact the plan, the ship is coming in, it can't quite make it, so now we have an emergency on the other end oh, and they're trying to figure out how to slow down the airy ship, and they're like, we're going to cause an explosion. And, of course, NASA's like, you're, you're what? Um, Sorry, excuse me? You're going to do what? Exactly. But, but what I love um, about it is it, it's 12 minutes past, so they can't say anything anyway. Oh, yeah, exactly. And they, they explain that. They're like, yeah, it's, it's you know, there's 12 minutes of communication lag. So, like, it doesn't matter at this point. We can't do anything, so. They're already been done. Yeah. Um, by the time they hear it, it's already been done. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things he suggests um, in the book is he's like, you know, I could poke a hole, um, I could poke a hole in my in my suit <laughs> and fly towards you. And like Iron Man, they're like, no, dangerous. But I'd be fucking Iron Man. They're like, no. But anyway, so they managed to get to it. They managed to get to him. They pull him out of the ship. They get him back to the Aries. Um, and the book ends with him, you know, getting out of the suit and everyone immediately wanting to hug him and just going, oh, my God, you reek. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. And I did like how he said if this was the Hollywood uh, movie, you know, there'd be all high fives around. We'd all be in the airlock together and then move on. But yeah, they take him immediately to sick bay instead to deal with his ribs. And- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you need to have a shower. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's not the only superhero that he mentions in the book. No, not even close. And one of my favorite, I think actually my favorite line is just, how come Aquaman can control whales? They're males. That makes no sense. They're like, I wonder what deep philosophical things he's thinking. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. That was, oh my God. Yeah, that was, very, that was really so good. That. Yeah, that was, that made me laugh. Well, one of the reasons why a lot of people really love this book, myself included, is because the hero is. We've talked about this. He's he's a very, um, uh, a very lovable guy. He's a very smart guy, um, and even though he's not a superhero, I mean he's basically kind of a superhero because he's a scientist, and we need more of this shit. Um, uh, uh, which is why some of my favorite superheroes are, are scientists as well. Um, but yeah, the the fact that he was able to use his brain to save his ass so many times 
Um, yeah. And it's pretty much the only reason he survived this entire uh, ordeal is, you know, because he used his, you know, he used his brain the entire time. But I also like that um, he didn't stay down very long. Like, they're, they're, true. Oh shit! I'm fucked. Okay, what do I do now? Yeah. Even and he didn't like, have those moments. Yeah, he didn't have the, the breakdowns. I'm glad he had those breakdowns too. Yeah. Yes. I. I he's really just like, well, fuck! I'm done. I'm yeah. dead. Yeah. When he like, yeah, when the airlock thing happens, he's just like, fuck this, fuck this fucking planet, this fucking yeah. planet. Exactly. Yeah. Me. I'm gonna. I love that. Planet yeah. off. Leaves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <sighs> Which I don't blame him because they tried to kill him the whole time he was there. Yeah. That's yeah. that's rough. The murdering drill and everything. Yeah. Which is why, but I mean the drill. I mean the the and like you said, the way that it's written, the 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 fact that it's all these journal entries. Like you know, that's one journal entry is fuck this planet, fuck everything here. It's trying to kill me. I'm just I'm done. And it's literally the next journal entry is like, two minutes okay, later, I'm not I've even. been thinking about it. Yeah. I'm not as bad as I thought I was. Here's what I can do. So I have a plan. Especially yeah, especially when he was in that airlock. That's that was where he really lost his shit. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'll be honest, I, that is kind of how I operate. I I will get into a situation and I'll be like, "Well, this is I'm doomed. I, you know, I can't figure my way out of this. Things are really going to hell." And then you know, I have to stop, take a deep breath, think about it. Like, all right, what can I do to get out of this and go from there? Um, but you have to have those moments of breakdown and like you know, once again, that's one of the reasons why this is such a likable, realistic character because these are the these are the type of emotions people would go through. So yeah, um. Couple quick questions. Um, well, I guess let's go ahead and just go a- 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 around the group. Um, did you like the book or not? Um, I'll just start with Lainey. Um, I actually did like the book. I was, I'll be very honest. I've been wanting to read it, but I had kind of shied away from it because it is so, it, it's pretty intense, like, as far as sci fi goes. And I've. Mm-hmm kind of tiptoed around it and so I I was a little concerned but I actually really enjoyed it I think um like I said the voice that it's written in and the humor and like the real heart of the book like made it really really likable for me so I I really enjoyed it um Chris I I like the I really liked the book and I really liked um, all of the characters actually in the whole in the whole book. It it was a little when there were big chunks of Mark explaining what he was doing. It was a bit like, okay, yeah, I get it. All right, let's what I don't care. And, um, so that was a bit uh, a little bit much for me, only because I mean I hate math. And but I I did I really really liked it and I really liked Andy was writing. Right. Uh, so opposite for me, I, I, well, not opposite, but I just really enjoyed those scientific points and, and how they wrote it out and it'd be like, I, I, you know, sitting there reading it, it was like, how would I figure this out? And, you know, how would I do it? And it was really, uh, I enjoyed the whole thing. It's cause you're it was, super smart. That's why. Not that I'm super I smart. wouldn't. I would have just cried and then died on Mars. <laughs> I would have too late. I would have been like, so- well, cool. Tell Molly I love her. Bye. Like, so. I'm just gonna turn my oxygen off. Yeah, just, good night, sweet prince, and that would have been it. <laughs> Boldy, um, what what are your thoughts? Well, I I liked the book. I mean, it was uh, one of the first um, science fiction books I'd read in a long time. Um, but I think it it's. It's a pivotal book in the science fiction realm because of 
the language used and that it's it is genuinely an easy read um yeah kind of you know you get hung up on some of the scientific parts but you just tell yourself blah 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 you know this is the only guy on mars and this he's gonna yeah. you know he's gonna find a way to survive and um I think the pivotal moment for me came when it did transition from just his point of view to where you got the other side of the story. And then you have that element of time that is your biggest enemy in any book ever. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're competing with that, that in your mind as, okay, we've got to rescue him. We've got to have him survive. You know, how much time can any one person really have? Um, and so that's what makes that's what makes it compelling too. Um, I think that any time you have a book where there is one character, and that well, and you are forced, oh, there we go. you are forced to um, survive with him. So um, it's a tricky thing to do. It's a tricky way to write, but. It was good. I liked it. Um, um, I, I kind of anticipate that he'll write some more, um, and we'll see if it's along the same lines. Uh, Jennifer? Uh, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a great story, easy to read. Um, you know, the science was it, it was kind of slow moving at times, but it also made it interesting thought, wow, this is actually legit, or, you know, he actually could have survived uh, if this had really happened. So, yeah, I liked it. Parker? Yeah, I, uh, so I read the book before, and I enjoyed it the first time. I said it's a pretty easy read, uh, at least for me. I'm used to these kind of books, and I could put it down. I read it just as fast as I did the first time. Which is good. Yeah. I agree. I, I went through it pretty quick. I think this is my third or fourth time going through it. Um, oh, wow. I did really enjoy it. Um, the uh, so a couple quick questions I had for the group. Um, I got to thinking about this today. Uh, did anyone at any point think he wasn't going to survive? Yes, absolutely. Okay. The only time I thought he wasn't was at the very end, and I was like, of course. He makes it through all this stuff. He think, oh, well, of course he's going to make it. And I was like, that's a, that's when he's going to flip the script and he's going to die on the way. I kept thinking there would be some kind of like epilogue or something where it's like, yeah, they rescue him and then they die on the way back to Earth. I oh, wow, you're going really morbid. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. that was my thought. I was like, yep, this is it. But I think, it's a, I think it's a key thing that the author had to decide. He had to decide whether or not immediately that guy would. Because leaving the reader with the aspect that, okay, your main character died, you're leaving your reader guilt-ridden forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's sometimes... Which is, I mean, has happened before, but... uh... It's happened in numerous, you know, stories. Same time, do you want, as you yourself being the person uh, forcing that upon millions of readers, do you want the guilt or do you want success? So, Rodney would have been a tough character to lose, too. Yeah. Yeah. Lovable. That's what made it so much more powerful. Uh, Exactly. That's why I thought he was really going to do it. Well, and what I what I feared was, you know, how Beck goes out, and then they they revealed that Beck had the relationship with uh, Mm -hmm. Johansson. Mm -hmm. I thought we were going to lose Beck 
for yep. him instead. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, there's going to be that aspect of it, but I'm glad like, it didn't. Uh, bittersweet kind of deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like most sci-fi movies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was a little afraid at the very beginning of the book, just that before we got to the, when we started getting the other uh, perspective, I thought, I wonder if this is literally going to be his diary entries the entire way. And at the end of the book, it's literally going to be, we found Mark's, you know, documents on the next mission, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I thought that that's what I kept thinking. I really, I had, I mean, I know what the book is about, but I was really going into it really blind. And I was like, is it going to be just him speaking the entire way? Is there going to be any other points of view? Am I going to hear the voices of any other, you know, Character, I don't know. I was very intrigued at how he was going to manage this book. Yeah. So I was very impressed. Well, and the interesting thing is that most people, I mean, he's written one other short story, so no one really knew who this guy was when he came out, so no one knew his writing style or you know, anything about him, really. So that was a, another thing that you had no idea going in. And the fact that this was his first book and he got a major motion picture deal out of it I mean, a, like a, is, a couple uh, of years later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, uh, real do, you fast. Think, do you think he's going to pull like a Harper Lee though and like not write anything ever again and then somebody tricks him into a releasing a book that he doesn't want to release? I don't know. He's very, he's very um, uh, active and talkative in the um, – uh, space community. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see something else from him. I don't know exactly what it's going to be. Um, I'd love to see But it. yeah, I, I, I really, I'm not hoping for a sequel. I really, at this point, I don't want to see a sequel. I think no. I would rather see no, something I'm, new. No, it was tied up in a nice, neat bow at the end. Why on earth would he do a sequel? That would be stupid. No. Yeah, I want to see like a space would be amazing. That would be like doing a sequel to, ki- to Kill a Mockingbird. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So can can we address the elephant in the room? Since we've talked about the uh, the movie anyway. Yeah. No. Actually, that's, that was the next point I was going to bring was the movie itself. Um, who here has actually who's seen the movie? I have. I yep. Have. Yep. We've I seen have. it twice. Okay. Um, of course, they always you know a movie has to be. And I've come, you know, when I was younger, I, I thought, well, they, you know, they, why don't they just take directly from the book and, mm-hmm. and put it into a movie? The problem is, is you can't, it's hard to condense that much stuff in a book to put it into a movie. Um, so they do make, they, they do make some changes here and there. Uh, one of the big changes that they made, um, they did change around some of the characters on Earth. Uh, they put a lot more into, uh, oh, what's his name? He was on Community. Um, oh, Glover. I'm sorry, who? Yeah, Glover. Um, yeah, they put a little more, they kind of put several of the characters, kind of like rolled him up them and put him into his character, but uh, I thought he was really well done in the book. I cannot believe Kristen Wiig plays the... Uh, Annie. Uh, yeah, that was a bit random. Right? Yeah, yeah, I thought that was a little yeah. odd. You know what? Um, I thought she kind of pulled it off, though, because the... I thought she did a good job. I just thought it was odd. Yeah, for her. it was odd. Yeah. But yeah, like any actress really could have been. Yeah, it could have been any... more believable than Kristen Wiig. Yes. Well, my but, thing uh, is, uh, I talked to Eugene about this. The weird thing that they changed in the movie from the book is that there wasn't the giant dust storm. In the yeah, movie. really. Which right. seems yes, they completely. Though. 
Because yes, that would have added such a huge um, aspect and like urgency and. At the end, absolutely. Yeah, it would have added a lot more. But I understand why they did it. But he didn't lose his communications either, did he? No, no not no. Not in the movie either. No, no. which no. was yeah. weird. Yeah, I mean, I know why they changed stuff, but yeah, usually yeah. for dramatic effect, and they like took out dramatic stuff that they could have had. That was just a weird. That was a weird one. The other one that, yeah. that I got ticked off with was the rover. Why would they change the rover? Like, yeah, he didn't have his bedroom. And there, he yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The, the the rover was such an integral part of of the story, and him drilling through that thing, especially when he loses the you know communications again, and he doesn't really they didn't talk about that part at all, and they just kind of showed that he drilled through really easily, and there's no problems. Yeah, really well, yeah, I didn't think you know, it, says, like, it was the second home and everything. Yeah, he gets really attached to that thing. I guess. I, I didn't really strange. think about it until y'all just said this, but yeah, you're right. They did take out that part of that that bit of drama about the whole dust storm, mm. and yet they added the part at the end where he did have to like punch a hole in his punch suit. Yeah, yeah. So the yeah. Man, I was like, really add that. I think yeah. I understand. Well, yeah. oh, and sorry, that's that's the other thing that they changed at the end. That was a lot more dramatic. That whole scene. That that was, but what I didn't like was that they actually got the the commander to go after. So instead of instead of sending yeah. back out, they send her. Yeah, that didn't make sense. No. So, no, that that's not that doesn't make any sense. I didn't understand they, that. Well, did they do that? I, I having not seen the movie, but did they do that since like the commander was the one who like gave orders in the first place to leave him behind? Yeah, so as maybe like a little demon. They did what. Hollywood did. They did it because, oh, it was her decision to leave him, so it's yeah. her decision to go get him. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, the book is definitely more realistic in that, you know... There's no reason not, why she would ever be doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. space yeah, flight was not my specialty. Yeah. yeah, why would yeah. the commander go out and do a, a space walk? Exactly. But they made, the, exactly. they made that whole rescue scene a lot more dramatic in the movie, like she went oh, out, yeah. he had to cut oh, his hand, uh, and then just, like, getting to him was, I think, I feel like it was more dramatic. You know, they had to do a lot more. They were going faster, I don't know. you got to ring really out weird. that drama in the last two minutes. Well, yeah. see, that's, yeah. that's what I was saying. Yeah. I mean, I know the movies are supposed to be dramatic, so why did they take out huge dramatic elements in the book? Yeah. It seems I, really odd. The only thing that I could think of is that they, they were... Sometimes, and it did feel like this in the book a bit, where it's like, okay, this is just one more disaster. What else are you going to put this guy through? And so I could see in a short movie where they would take out something. I just thought the dust storm, this, the dust storm and the drill were two that I, I thought they would have kept in. Yeah, it, the dust storm for sure, because I mean, that's at the end of the book here. Like, damn, this guy's getting there, and, you know, oh crap, it's just one more thing. You can't, you know, that was. And they they kind of just skipped over that very very large, you know he's he's traveling for months. Yeah, well, not months, but months. Yeah, sixty someone souls for him to travel, and it's and they kind of just brush over it in the like it was a, a couple of days in the uh, yeah oh, no, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. oh I'm there and that's why I watched the movie before I read the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, this is one of those. This is one of those that I enjoyed both. Um, I, I like what they did. The, I like the adaption they did for the movie. I understand yeah, the changes I, that they made. Yeah, the movie was great. Um, yep. 
But it's definitely, yeah, and this is one of those few. We've had this conversation on the other show where uh, I, I have no problem telling people go watch the movie, and if you you know if you if the book seems daunting to you, go watch the movie. If you really like the movie, then read the book because it's that and so much more. Yeah. Um, whereas you know there are some, and I traditionally like to tell people that, but. Uh, you know, there have been several movies that have come out and, you know, maybe we'll get to some of those books eventually uh, where, you know, I'm like, no, stay away from the movie because it's if you think that's what the book's about, then you're, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one of those cases. I think they did a really good adaptation. So, yeah. What's and, interesting is. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. So I was just going to say that the casting was actually pretty good, uh, especially for one. Uh, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think he was a perfect choice for one. It's always a good choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Lainey. <laughs> Supposedly, he read the book and fell in love with it. And was like, I want to play this character, and that's probably. I think that's why the movie got pushed as quickly as it did because you. I mean, he can pretty much choose his roles at this point. And yeah, when he threw his weight behind it, yeah. Um, because he did a he did a, a damn good job on yes. this. Oh, uh, speaking of the movie, um, what was funny is is like literally right before, just weeks before the movie came out, um. NASA came forward and said that they found, in certain situations, liquid water on Mars. Um, and a lot of people were like, well, I wonder how that would change the story. And, and rereading the book, um, it would have changed some things. Uh, granted, most of the water that they found on Mars is at the poles. But uh, water was really not his biggest problem. Food and and oxygen were really kind of his well, biggest problem. Even if there had been water, he wouldn't have been able to get to it to get it for his crops or anything like that. Like, so it really wouldn't have... Yeah. yeah I mean, how much could he carry? At a, I mean, if he, he's going to have to go somewhere and drill to, you know, get underneath the surface, and then how is he going to extract it? And, you know, water is pretty heavy. And, and if you watch so Doctor Who, you don't drink the Mars water. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Martian's revenge. She just can't. Martian's revenge. That's pretty good. You're welcome. But, yeah, so, and then the last thing I wanted to bring up, kind of tied to the book, is, um, uh, as you know, we have uh, privatized uh, space travel. Thank goodness. Um, And uh, SpaceX is saying within 10 years, within our lifetime, we are there, have a plan to head to Mars. Mm. Um, So with that being said, would any of you go? Yes. No. Parker will. Yeah, Not Parker would. I would You're go right. if, I, if you if Ray and the kids could come with me. Okay. But I wouldn't go by myself. What? What? It, why do you say yes, Parker? Is it just that's just in your a step on another planet? Yeah. I mean, that's all. It, oh no, that's pretty badass. I'll be very honest. With you. That's pretty badass. That's he wants to amazing. geologize on another on another planet. Well, I mean, not even, I mean, obviously, yes, but, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, to see a bunch of really cool stuff, but, I mean, just to literally just stand on another, like, body, that's just, that's, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Too. I have one way to get easy. I have a problem with the whole living in a place where anything could go wrong and you could die instantly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, from asphyxiation, from the weather, from, you know, yeah. like, I feel like oh, yeah. we're a long ways off from being able to live comfortably without any worries of, like, catastrophic, you know, a tear in the hab and the whole place, and you know. out you go, so. Yeah. Okay, but so what do you At this point yeah, in my life, I would not. Yeah, I would not. Yeah, I would not. 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 I would
Space travel is legit one of my biggest fears. I find it absolutely fascinating. You know, I think it's super, super cool. I like to read about it. However, I could never do it because it's just, it's, there's too much that could go wrong. I can't. Yeah. Gotcha. Me before kids and Chris, absolutely, without a doubt, I'd be on the first ship out. That's what I'm saying. I don't have any... Yeah, he doesn't care. He'll just go. Yeah, now that I have responsibilities, not so much. Okay, so what if if it was changed? What if we're talking... We're not talking about 10 years now. We're talking about 20 years from now. We've, We've been to Mars. We have actual... Like every six months, we send up a ship to Mars, and people are literally like getting contracted. Like, all right, well, for whatever job you're doing, here's a contract. You're going to sign it, and we're going to send you to Mars. And all expenses paid, and we're going to pay you really well. And you're going to work there for, let's say, two years. About like you know, working on like say a, an offshore drilling um, uh, situation. And after two years, you'll hop back on the next shuttle, and you'll come back to Earth. Oh yeah, that I could do. Two years on, one nope. year off. Nope. Yeah. Still is the thing. In the grand scheme of things, that 20 years is like minuscule compared to how long the Earth has survived, so no. Don't put me on it. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> then I'm gone. Listen, there's a good track record here on Earth. I'm just saying. That's right. <laughs> okay, I'm going to Dinosaurs happened billions of years ago, but my God, 20 years is nothing. Well, what about Mars? What if we have like colonies on Mars? Would you go to Mars? No, I just said that, Parker. Oh. Hell no. I like my planet. <laughs> She's staying here. Moldy okay. needs a planet with a Fair track enough. record that she knows more about. So She's she's a woman of research. She wants to make sure that she knows what she's getting into. Exactly. That's not long enough. Yeah, no, I would do that because that would be like working abroad. That'd be fun. See, I don't. I, I, even even if I even if I wasn't married with kids, I'm just I'm not that person. I don't I don't know if I could do it. There's a there's a little part in my heart that would like to say yes. You know, it would be so awesome to do, but I I don't know. And but I mean, who knows? In ten years and twenty years, you know, when I'm probably retired or whatever, and like it's like, hey, look, you know, go take you know a three month you know vacation to Mars or whatever. You know, before I die, that might be like, all right, well, cool, whatever. So. I mean, I'd rather go to Endor, but still. Mm-hmm. You know, well, until we find it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you think it's a long trip to Mars. I know. <laughs> that galaxy it's, is far, it's far, far, far away. Of course, if that EM drive actually pans out that NASA is testing right oh, now, uh, they're saying six months, which is like, wow. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, did you hear the, uh, but, the uh, out for peer review now? Like it's published. Oh yeah, it's yeah. that's it's crazy oh, because it pretty much redefines physics as we know it. So, yeah. um, for more on that, no. Um, <laughs> so with that said, that was our that was our discussion on our, our first book, The Martian, by Andy Weir. Um, like I, I think most of us would agree. Uh, go check out the movie if you haven't read the book, or read the book first and then go check out the movie, or or vice versa. There are good things in both of them. The casting in the movie is really good. It's enjoyable as a standalone movie. Reading the book, it's wonderful. I mean, it's it's basically the movie, but so much more. Um, so with that said, let's uh, let's just go around real quick and share anything that we've been reading. Would anyone like to go first? Uh, sure. I've been reaching, uh, reading The Martian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you think of that book? <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, unfortunately, I haven't been able to read anything else because uh, that was pretty much my only goal for this month. So, Gotcha. 
Gotcha. I actually just finished uh, on my friend's size recommendation. I uh, I also finished um, Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, you um, that? Yes, I. Well, okay. Now here's the thing, and uh, like I said in, in the first episode, I actually I don't read, and that I listen to audiobooks. And uh, the version that I got was read by an all-star cast, and uh, that definitely helps with it. But, I mean, I like the story of Dracula anyway, but, uh, wow, um, if, I don't want to say too much because if we end up doing a, a book discussion on that one, uh, when we start talking about the difference between it and the movie, there's a lot of differences. Mm-hmm. Um, but needless to say, I did enjoy it. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I took his recommendation. Uh, there's a lot of classics that I've never read and I'd like to go back and read and uh, that was on my to-do list so I knocked one of those out I'm actually kind of happy about that so uh, anyone else reading anything else um, I finished Hannah Hart's memoir that was pretty good okay and I even though you started, didn't get to go meet her yeah I'm still kind of salty about that but um <laughs> But, and I started, I say I started, I got a chapter in and had to stop to get other stuff done. But I started this, uh, little series called the Dressage Chronicles. So it's just a book about this girl in a barn, basically. But it's interesting. It's not, it's a really easy, super, 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 super easy read. Cool. <laughs> but I like it. It's not too bad. I'm, uh, reading, Boldy. uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go on, go on, uh, and the principles of geochemistry. Yeah, somebody's Jesus. getting ready for finals over there. Nope. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Is it riveting? Oh, man, let me tell you. <laughs> Paige <laughs> Turner. Can't oh, boy. Put it down. Mm. Boldy, what are you reading? <laughs> Boldy? First Boldy. I think we may have lost her. Boldy! Hello. Yeah, I'm here. My, this, I keep, y'all keep cutting out. Oh. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think it, I think it's a bad question. Uh, I'm, cu- um, I'm currently reading a, oh, gosh, another book that's not something I normally read, but um, it's just a detective story, which is something I normally don't read, but um, it's called The Trespasser, and so I'll stick with it. Because I usually, oh, okay. like, even if I don't like a book, I'll usually finish it, so. Yeah, I'm that way too. I've, I've, I don't know. Movies and books and stuff. Movies and books, even if I don't really care for it that much, I tend to finish it. TV series, on the other hand, I'm like, nope, done. I'm moving. Well, on. I'll bail on anything. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer, you reading anything else right now? Um, you know, typically I can't read more than one book at a time. I just can't track that many stories. But I did start. A friend of mine actually just published a book called Learning to Write Again, and it's uh, really good. It's kind of a tearjerker, but it's a memoir about dealing with grief, so that's what I'm reading. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, Learning to Write Again. Right. Locals. R-I-D-E. R-I-D-E, yeah. R-I-D-E, okay. Yeah, and it, it's really well written. It's her first book, and I was very impressed with, you know, I'm just a few chapters in, but um, yeah, really good for her first book, and she had... A good team behind herself. Very cool. I want to write a book. (laughs) (laughs) Just do it. Yeah, there's a lot of us that are that way. Um, (laughs) Well, speaking of books, our next book that we'll be reading for the month of December, if you would like to join us, is... Roll. 
Ready Player One. Yes. Um, it, this is uh, um, oh, Ernest Klein. It's his first, once again, his first book. He's actually only written two books and had them published. Um, but yes, if uh, if if you would like to join us for the uh, for our next outing, uh, which will be uh, uh, next month, uh, we're going to be reading uh, Ready Player One. So. Uh, Go ahead and, and plow through that if you can over the break. And um, please come back and, and join us for our next episode. Um, I'm actually going to post on the Facebook group that uh, a couple days before we record. Uh, if you'd like to share your thoughts on our uh, on the next book, we'd love to hear them. Uh, we may even share some of them on the show. Um, but with that said, uh, let's, uh, let's go around and just uh, share where can we find you on the Internet, Eleni. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at It's Eleni Bird. Chris? Um, I'm going to be reading Harry Potter this month. You know. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> burn. Uh, and you can find me on Instagram at Lake Life Mama. Ray? Uh, you, I'm starting to post again. It's uh, Lake Life Artist. I've got some new posts up again, uh, starting to get back into the art, which is nice, so. Uh, just oh yeah, go check out Ray's art. It's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Boldy. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Library Voodoo. Jennifer. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Het's gonna be me. H E T Z gonna be me. That's Parker. Gonna <laughs> um, you can find me on Facebook. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> He's technically there. I'm Danger Parker, and I'm on Facebook. There you go. Yep, that is a completely true statement. Uh, You can find my wacky adventures at Optimus Jane on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, You can find uh, the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and uh, Google Play. Uh, Of course, the main site is Epically Geeky. Uh, You can follow it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. And like I said, we'll be posting all the updates for the show and everything else on there. For everyone on the site, have a good night. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 